0: Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we watch
1: and rewatch
0: the 2001 animated series Reboot.
1: I'm Jessica, and I've been a fan for a long time.
0: I'm Ben, and I'm watching this for the last time.
1: (laughs) Each week, we'll take an episode, dissect it, inject some trivia, and try to find our frostiest moments.
0: This week, in the exciting conclusion, everything is wrapped up nicely with no cliffhangers in... What's with that look, Jess?
1: We, We did watch the same episode, right? What
0: are you talking about? We're about to talk about the final episode of... Oh, whoops, wrong script, sorry.
1: Yeah, I thought so. This week... Everything's about to end rather abruptly. <laughs> in crouching Binome hidden virus.
0: So how are you this week, Jess?
1: Doing pretty good, considering that we kind of just asked ourselves that question.
0: <laughs> oh, you're parting the curtain.
1: I'm parting the curtain a little bit. We are recording back to back. You know, it's it a little hard to drag out the last episode, so we're trying to, you know, get it all done in one shot.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing the same too. Thanks for asking.
1: <laughs> good to hear. You're still sleep-deprived, and in fact, you're more sleep-deprived, because now it's later in the night <laughs> than when we previously started.
0: I'm staying hydrated. That's how I can stay so chipper.
1: Oh, that's good. That's a big secret. Keep hydrated. It's true for both podcasts and Hunger Games. <laughs> you
0: say stay frosty, I say stay thirsty. Stay thirsty. <laughs> All right, shall we jump into this episode, then?
1: Let's go, the final episode. I got chills. Ooh. So today we're doing Season 4, Episode 8, Crouching Binome, Hidden Virus. It first aired on November 30th, 2001, and it was written by Ian Pearson, Gavin Blair, Raoul Inglis, and Phil Mitchell. And we pretty much start where we left off, with the Guardians confirming that Megabyte can indeed shapeshift now. So, it's confirmed. Megabyte has Trojan Horse viral capacity now.
0: Yeah, someone actually has the footage of Megabyte transforming into Specky. Where did that footage come from? Was that like the wedding photographer?
1: Well, two thousand one, they had iPhones then, right? That was was that too early for iPhones?
0: (laughs) Either way, it's a vertical video, so that's a crime. You just don't record vertical video.
1: (laughs) Turbo uh, offers to send the goon squad over, and Bob's like, "No, back off. This is my job.
0: I can change him back to his old theories again."
1: Turbo reminds Bob that not killing viruses' rule is dumb, and uh, Bob reminds Turbo that it totally worked that one time.
0: <laughs> yeah, he argues that if they did it Turbo's way and killed Hex as soon as they got there, then there would have been no one to save them from Damon, which is a pretty good point.
1: Of course, if someone had killed Damon, we wouldn't have needed saving from Damon, so. <laughs> I think your logic is a little flawed, but we'll move on.
0: I also think he's hesitant to let Turbo send in the goons because of what happened in Trust No One back in season two. It's like sure, they may have been under the influence of Damon back then, but old habits die hard.
1: I do think that's a part of it. My first thought was that since we don't know what Megabyte look like, there's a very high chance that some trigger happy guardians may just shoot innocents, assuming that they are Megabyte.
0: Yeah, and you know what? We'll we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> But <laughs> right now, Nolman is confused by the web versus net aspect, which, hey, join the club.
1: <laughs> he's just told that there's life on other planets. And now he's learning that there's like a subspace thing with all this. Like, what's happening?
0: <sighs> I have missed so much. Andrea wants to know how Megabyte even survived out there. And Bob's like, oh, I've got a clip.
1: <laughs> Roll back to season two, last episode, please. <laughs> We get to see a slowdown of Megabyte crushing glitch and a little flash of light as part of Bob's code is transferred to Megabyte.
0: He spilled a little bit of Guardian juice on himself.
1: They just start nailing out a plan uh, when they're interrupted by the alt-right rally outside.
0: Yeah, there's a mob that's formed. A bunch of X-Virals have decided that they're fed up with being lowly normies and want to go back to the dark side. And uh, they do that by forming a protest? Like, I just want to tell them that the evil was in you all along. You don't need to be infected to be bad. You can do bad all by yourself.
1: In fact, you have. You've already done crappy things. Congratulations!
0: (laughs) A couple of cops decide to ram their car through the crowd of peaceful protesters, which is a little bit of disturbing imagery these days.
1: Yeah. One, those aren't cops.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mainframe neovirals.
1: But two, this scene plays a lot different now than it did in 2001. Like, yeah. a lot different. <laughs> we can talk about that later, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we get confirmation here that Air Doctor and Bunnyfoot are not dead, or at least brought back to life or something.
0: Right. And not good guys.
1: And not good guys. They look exactly the same. I feel like they were never infected to begin with. They were just evil. <laughs>
0: So, uh, Mike the TV starts broadcasting to the city, spreading panic and fear, asking if they really know their husbands or their pussies.
1: <laughs> Is that really your wife, Mr. Norton? Is that really your pussy, Mrs. Slocum? Look, they got to get away with saying pussy one last time before the show ended. What do you want from them?
0: <laughs> Just some class. <laughs>
1: He starts telling all of Mainframe to panic, and Matrix is ready to murder him for it. But Bob figures out pretty quickly that that was probably Megabyte.
0: Yeah, and because they have no way to test whether or not someone is really who they're claiming to be, they're just going to have to outsmart him instead.
1: And for that, they would need someone who's really good at plans. Where was that lady who dumped me for a virus?
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Fong puts out a broadcast of his own, telling all the citizens to remain indoors, stay off the streets until this all blows over, and then follows it up with an illustration jump scare.
1: <laughs> By the way, check out the awesome character design for the new Megabyte. Isn't it terrifying?
0: <laughs> I really hoped that that artist's rendition would have been like even more disturbing than the real deal, but it's not. It's just like, got a filter over it. <laughs>
1: It would have been great if it was kind of like a a child's drawing of a scary monster. (laughs) That too. (laughs) But I guess this works.
0: So uh, Dot is having a bum out in the park. And Mouse is trying to lift her spirits by saying that, hey, they were all fooled. But Dot's like, yeah, but you all weren't about to marry Megabyte. My own brother.
1: And also, is Bob even going to like her now? And yeah, I don't know if he should.
0: (laughs) She goes back into this sappy monologue about how she turned his back on him again and can't face him again. like we are just rife with repeating old scenes in this arc, aren't we?
1: Yeah, the, the whole dot arc in this movie is not the best.:
0: Yeah, we've definitely seen this scene before. <laughs> but before we can spend too much time retreading old grounds, uh, Bob and the, Bob and The Matrix <laughs> Bob and Matrix walk up to talk with dot.
1: Except Dot's uh, not cool on talking, because what if he's not Bob? What if anyone's not Bob? What if no one is anyone and Megabyte is everyone? And <laughs> I think this is where we're getting a little bit more of our clue that she may have a little PTSD.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the Matrix is like, no, no, cool. Like I've been with him the whole time.
1: <laughs> I promise I would have known if he turned into Megabyte. You could tell by the hole that would be in his head.
0: Mm-hmm. Unless he's
1: Megabyte. <gasps> Damn it!
0: So we... uh. We cut over to Al's and Air Doctor is nursing his digits while the angry ex virals are plotting revenge.
1: When we get our hands on those two, they'll be sorry. Mike shows up and uh, starts goading these Neo neovirals. You think you're tough, huh? You think you can uh, have a whole little thing and not get run over by Blues Brothers, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and surprise! It's actually a megabyte. He was Mike the whole time.
1: Which, again i feel like the trojan virus maybe like legit turns him into the character because i cannot see megabyte acting like mike in the slightest
0: (laughs) it's all coded in exactly so yeah so megabyte tells them to hand over their pids and if they do it willingly they will be rewarded and if not he makes a show of draining the color from al himself who we actually finally see
1: al's waiter that's not al that wasn't al's waiter no that's al's waiter you sure It's not Al. You never see Al.
0: I thought that was like the first and only time we see Al.
1: It'd be sad if it was. Poor Al. (laughs) It's turned into some kind of drain zombie. (laughs) Uh,
0: I guess I didn't recognize him as Al's waiter. Duh. Okay. Never mind.
1: So we get the CPUs trying to bait Megabyte with a gateway command out in the open. Uh, They're driving it out over to the principal office and about to open up the door to the archives. And Fong is not sure this is going to work.
0: Dot is 100% confident that this is going to work. Unlike Damon, she knows this virus.
1: He always wanted access to the supercomputer, and the gateway's the perfect way to get there. Oh, she knows him. Like, biblically. <laughs> it happened. No.
0: <laughs> so a bunch of virals descend on the vehicle, but when they break in, there's nobody driving. Perfect for stealing. How fortunate!
1: It can't be a trap at all. <laughs> they start towing the gateway command away, and Dot is thrilled because... This was the plan the whole time.
0: Yeah. Everyone's gloating at the success as the ABCs approach the archives and a straggler follows behind.
1: Dun dun dun! Back in Megabyte's new lair, which is apparently just a spot in the street, Air Doctor (laughs) gets the gateway back online. He targets the supercomputer and Megabyte starts to walk through the gateway.
0: Right into the same room he was already in. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And foiled, our heroes burst out from their own secret vehicle and a firefight breaks out.
1: But not before they take the time to explain that, haha, we've trapped you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You gotta gloat a little bit. He would. You're not the only one with Trojan horse abilities.
1: Matrix targets Megabyte with guns, so even while shifting into various other binomes, we can tell which one is Megabyte. He's got the target on him the whole time.
0: Yeah, he's transforming into each of his minions until he's the only one left standing as Bunnyfoot.
1: <laughs> he transforms back into Megabyte and Matrix shoots him, or next to him, or something, and <laughs> creates a tear.
0: And Bob turns that tear into a portal to a jail cell. Yeah, sure, that will hold him, I bet.
1: Yeah, everything's going as planned. <laughs> Nothing will go wrong,
0: Bob. let's dot know that everything is all right now.
1: They have a quick moment here where they say they make a great team. We always did. Get it. I'm not mad at you for trying to marry Megabyte and dumping me, even though I'd like literally just died
0: and we end on a high note. Cut to credits. God, wouldn't this all be so much better though if the next five minutes was just a post-credit scene? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we cut to the real gateway command, sitting in a dark empty room as Megabyte oh so skillfully manages to get the exact location out of Bob without any trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: the old switcheroo. The core room. <laughs> Now, why didn't I think of that? So uh, he and Bob are just chatting like, oh, so I guess I've got to be deleted now, huh? And Bob's like, no, no, I'm just going to scramble your DNA and reprogram your very essence, no big deal.
1: Oh, so worse than deletion. And they
0: call me a
1: monster. And this seems to be the first time that Bob actually thinks about it for a second, because you get this look on his face of like, oh, is it? My theories. Maybe I didn't think this through. Maybe forcibly reprogramming people isn't that a great idea?
0: Yeah, but I mean, they're bad guys, so... (laughs) But they start running a scan and find that they don't actually show Megabyte even being there in the cell.
1: Oh no, it's an alias command.
0: It's his force ghost.
1: Matrix shoots the jail cell, because I'm sure they won't need that later, (laughs) (laughs) to break into it and try and get the real answer out of the fake Megabyte.
0: Yeah, and uh, he just... Straight up dissolves. <laughs> it's like a bunch of pixels. And the real Megabyte could be anywhere. Could be anyone. So we get this series of goofy-ass freeze frames from everyone in shocked poses with expressions like, uh? Uh?
1: I don't understand the freeze frame moment <laughs> at all. It was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird.
0: And it finally lands on Frisket, who moves, transforms into Megabyte, and starts attacking.
1: Which, why would you do that? No one knows that you're Megabyte. You could just pretend to be a dog.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the attack is on. Hack and Slash drag Dot to safety. Fong jumps in front, uh, takes a bullet for Andrea and Mouse, sacrificing himself again so they can get away.
1: Uh, Null Daddy grabs Enzo, tries to take him to another room, but gets zapped by Megabyte, and his robot body goes viral.
0: Everyone is frantically running around trying to think of plans and access doorways, but all of them fail. And Megabyte announces his control of the office, reminds everyone that a virus is predatory by nature, and it's time for the hunt.
1: And then we cut to our very next scene, where we learn what happens next. Remind! That's it. That's the end. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the series.
0: That's that's that's, that's how it ended.
1: That's it. <laughs> so Ben. Yeah. What did you think of the final episode of the series?
0: I've got mixed feelings about this, because of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why other people have mixed feelings about this. Because it wasn't necessarily a bad episode. Like it certainly didn't reach the highs of some of the others, but I, I actually liked it ended up liking it more the second time around. But that last five minutes, like that ending is just soul crushing. <laughs>
1: It really is because it's not even like the end of the Damon movie, mm-hmm. we get, oh no, there's a second Bob, but everything is wrapped up for the most part. Like they they give you this nugget of, you know, some new information, this new plot that might happen, right. Uh, but they've they've successfully wrapped up the rest of the plots that they had before jumping into it. This does not even give you that much. They've wrapped up zero plots. <laughs>
0: It really makes you wonder why, like, if they knew they were only getting those eight episodes, like, why didn't they rewrite the end to have more closure?
1: I don't know. I wish I could say.
0: But then again, like, ending seasons with cliffhangers is kind of par for the course with this show. Like, season two ended on a crushing cliffhanger, too, you know?
1: It did. But again, they wrap up other plots. So right. they've wrapped up the whole there's a mysterious web creature, the guardians are going to blow that up. All those plots are gone. They've taken care of that, they're solved. And now we're starting with a new one. We're not starting with a new plot here. right? We're in media res. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's true, yeah. At least the one with season two like ended on a hopeful note. <laughs> you know? And uh, season three had a full episode of closure with a tiny little comedy cliffhanger at the end.
1: Yeah, and this is pretty much why I consider the end of season three the end of the series. Mm. Uh, not that these movies weren't good. I, I really did enjoy the Damon one a lot. This one, less so, but... Not to the point where I think it's, like, horrible.
0: No, I still think Damon Rising was solid.
1: Yeah. But the end of season three is an end. It is. (laughs) It is, yeah. (laughs) It is nicely wrapped up. No, no, hanging threads for anyone. Or you know, there's a little bit of the Damon one, but no one really cares about it at the moment. And we even get the the musical number. Yeah. And this, we get half an episode. It feels like.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is like like I said, I don't even really think that it's a bad episode or a bad arc. It's just the fact that there's no next episode. There's no resolution that makes it harder to accept.
1: Yeah, there's there's zero resolution to it.
0: Like I think if I was to rewrite the ending of season four. You get rid of that last five minutes. <laughs> Show Bob and Dot finally getting married. You could even have, like, a little uh-oh cliffhanger, you know, where unbeknownst to everyone else, Frisket wanders off and transforms back into Megabyte, you know, starts to laugh and then cut to credits.
1: That would have been good. Look at that, Ben.
0: Yeah, like, that would have been less devastating while still leaving intrigue for a potential follow-up. Exactly. Ending it the way it did, though, it kind of just seems cruel.
1: <laughs> it does feel a little cruel. <laughs> but, I mean, overall, like you said, the episode itself was good. It just you know felt like it was in the middle of the season or the penultimate episode not the ultimate episode
0: (laughs) right yeah like even just one more episode to like fix it
1: yeah and i think this goes back to what i was saying last episode which is that i wish the wedding was an episode earlier Mm. push the wedding an episode earlier that means you push this one an episode earlier which means you actually get to wrap up this arc it's true
0: because even those first two episodes in the arc like i said there was a lot of retreading of old ground so like you could have cut out episode two of the arc completely
1: yeah pretty much you've got one episode where dot's trying desperately to figure out which bob she likes uh the second episode where she marries the bob she likes but then it turns out to be a megabyte the third one is this one, Megabyte, is back and evil, and the fourth one, they finally defeat him once and for all.
0: There we go. We, we fixed it.
1: We did it. Guys, we fixed, <laughs> we fixed Reboot.
0: <laughs> that said, I mean, like, the animation remains spectacular. I wanted to specifically point out, they've even improved Andrea's facial expressions. I know I pick on that a lot, but, like, her face is a lot better. Even Dot's face has started to look more like I've gotten used to the new look. Everyone but Bob really looks great.
1: <laughs> and I also want to say, like, we, I joked that we fixed reboot, but I feel like they must have really, truly believed that they were getting another episode, at least, or getting another movie. I th- they, there's no way that I think anyone would have thought that this was the end when they were going into it.
0: What was it that they said? Like, I know we had heard before that there was supposed to be three, but then it got cut down to two. But, like, they were aware that it got cut down to two. It's not like three was in production.
1: Well, they might not have started the production of it yet and thought that they were getting it until halfway through. At which point, what are you gonna do? If you've only got so much budget and so much time.
0: You ask Ben how to end this episode.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> obviously. They should have asked Ben. <laughs> what were you in uh, high school in two thousand one?
0: Uh yeah, tenth grade. Yeah, you know, the perfect grade. age for, you know, <laughs> being a fan. <laughs> But going back to, like, the other stuff, Megabyte himself was terrifying still. All the acting was superb. I can't really pick out any criticisms of, like, the animation or even necessarily the story beyond what we've already talked about.
1: Yeah, I mean, the story itself was good. The only weird part of the whole episode was the freeze frames. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the freeze frame, though. Everything
1: else in the episode was great. It just ends. (laughs) It's the problem.
0: (laughs) And I think that's that's really what it comes down to, is, like, it it acts like there's more to come when there's really not. And maybe they didn't know that.
1: I feel like they must not have... I, I can't imagine any writer just going forward with this.
0: Or they were banking on like a write-in campaign to like demand the show be brought back.
1: They're definitely banking on something. <laughs> Pixelacious.
0: So uh, do we have any trivia at all for this episode?
1: Um, so first we have the title, which is Crouching Bynum Hidden Virus, which is a reference to the film Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, which was very popular at the time, which was also based on a novel by the same name. So one of the big references in this episode is going to be the Blues Brothers.
0: Oh, the Blues Brothers. Yes.
1: Uh, so we have the two Blues Brothers sitting in a car, which is referencing an exact scene from a Blues Brothers movie in which they drive the car into a crowd of Nazis or neo-Nazis. <laughs> um, in this case, it's neo-virals. Obviously, there is some overtones that did not exist in 2001 <laughs> with this whole thing now those exist and i feel like the scene would obviously never have happened but
0: yeah well in in the modern day the neo-nazis are the ones in the car
1: yes but still
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) no no i definitely definitely felt the same way
1: and also the pussy line oh my god in addition to i'm assuming them just wanting to say the word pussy (laughs) uh Is apparently a reference to um, a British television series called "Are You Being Served?" Oh, okay. Which I can't imagine is related to "You Just Got Served," but I feel like no. it should be. <laughs> no, uh, <it's> not. <laughs> there's a character there, Mrs. Betsy Slocum, who always referred to her cat as her pussy. <laughs> Megabyte slash Mike is heckling the Neo Virals. He says that you'll be the first against the wall when the revolution comes, which is a reference to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy oh really
0: okay i didn't catch that one
1: and those are our last bits and bites
0: our final bits and bites this is wrong.
1: this
0: is all wrong. so did you choose a frosty moment
1: i didn't really choose a frosty moment for this one i don't know if it was just one didn't stand out for me there was the freeze frame scene i don't know if i want to give that a frosty moment
0: it was tough for me too
1: it really was this was I don't know if it was the abruptness of the ending that kind of like I don't know it made it feel cut short and like I felt like I couldn't pull anything out of it Mm -hmm. Um, but I think as the final Frosty moment I'm just gonna give it to the awesome people that worked on this series and it made made a cool series that we got to watch and enjoy and turned into a fun podcast oh that's sweet to all you guys out there who were part of it and made it thank you all
0: I'm giving it to the pussy joke
1: <laughs> that was like
0: perfect. <laughs> that was really good.
1: <laughs>
0: so, do we have any feedback this week? I know we do.
1: We've got a bunch for this one. Uh, everyone wanted to get back in on that last episode.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a big one, everybody.
1: Nolan Hayes says, one. Thank you to the two of us for doing this. It's been a pleasure having to listen to us every week. So thank you, Nolan. We really appreciate that. It's been fun having you around and asking questions. You always ask the best questions, I think, to start a discussion.
0: Yeah, thanks, Nolan.
1: But specifically, speaking of questions, uh, (laughs) you ask cliffhanger endings. They seem to be the most common TV ending and can feel so unsatisfying. Yet some are intentionally written and can be satisfying. My first thought goes back to when I was obsessed with Alias. I really love that show. I was so psyched to have a show about this cool lady spy who occasionally had pink hair. That was so up my alley. It's hard to stop because every single episode, literally every single episode had a cliffhanger ending. And at one point, it just got too much. And I was just like, no, you guys aren't having a show anymore. You're just having cliffhangers. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> stop it. <laughs>
0: The one that sticks out to me is Twin Peaks. Uh, The end of season two was a big cliffhanger, and then it just went away for like, what, 25 years? And then it came back with season three and did almost nothing to address the cliffhanger. (laughs) And then ended on an even bigger, weirder cliffhanger. That that whole last season was Crazy Nuts Town. And I want to do a whole podcast just on Twin Peaks now. (laughs)
1: I've tried to watch that show. It is not quite my cup of tea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Nolan also points out, uh, as retcons go, the code transfer wasn't the worst, but can sprites playback footage of their own memories with Zoom and Enhance? (laughs)
1: Look, apparently they can do a lot of stuff in the show that we didn't realize they could do, so... (laughs) Uh, Bry Kodik on Twitter says, cliffhanger aside, I'm glad the show went out on such a strong episode. Megabyte's new ability, new motivation, and new look really worked for me, making him familiar but unpredictable in a really effective way. The return to mainframe never felt too settled to me this season between Damon and the bigger crises, but this episode gave me a really good feel for what the show could have felt like from here on long term.
0: Yeah, it, it does. It seems like it's more like a taste of what might be coming later and then never did.
1: And I do feel like the show kind of solidifies this, like he was saying, this feeling of being back in mainframe and back to business as usual. This episode does feel like back to business as usual in mainframe. It
0: does. It really goes back to square one. The wedding's off. You know, Bob's back to his old self. Megabyte is in control. It, it really does. It, it goes back almost to episode one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's fun to see kind of the interactions between them with the crew, because we do see Andrea and Matrix are there, and they're grown up. Mouse is there, and she's doing stuff, but we still feel this kind of season one feel to it. And it it would have been nice to see more of that going forward, and it's kind of a shame that we didn't get that.
0: How many times does uh, Enzo's dad have to uh, die in front of him, though? <laughs>
1: He didn't die in front of him. He got turned viral in front of him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kimura at Goose, says it's terrifying just how much Megs was in control of everything during this. From faking out the fake gateway command with a trick of his own to using Mike's form to make everyone panic. And it's such a shame that this was the last canon episode ever.
1: I think that's the general general feel is <laughs> that it's a shame that this was the last episode ever.
0: So Gavin actually does um, address why the plot of this episode is the way it is. When Ian and him were faced with writing the episode, they had to decide if they were going to try and cram the whole plot in and end up with a rushed, really, really crappy version of an episode with no cliffhanger, or do they make a good, well-paced episode with jokes and emotional beats that ends on the biggest cliffhanger of all time and just hope that we can tell the rest of the story at some time in the future? What would you do?
1: and that's true because i mean it's one thing to try and come up with an alternative writing it's another thing to do that while you're under time constraint and a budget right and i can definitely see hoping for more i mean if this is your baby if this is your show of course you're gonna hope for more you're gonna you know go on that side of things you're not gonna try and say like oh well i guess this is the end
0: especially when you've already done that last season so i think that's it on the episode specific feedback But I think we have some general questions for the series as a whole.
1: So yeah, William Burton on Facebook, Ben, would like to know that after watching all of these, have you found yourself a new fandom? And would you watch the series again?
0: That's a good question. Because if you had even asked me last season, I might have said that it was an interesting show and I definitely had fun with it, but probably wouldn't return to it. But now I'm not so sure. Like, I kind of look back on the whole thing with fondness, and I'm kind of thinking about going back to the beginning and seeing if I can catch some of the things I missed.
1: I feel like that would be kind of fun, because I going back to, like, if you listen to, like, the first episodes and your responses to them were, like, pretty wild compared to your response to an episode now. <laughs> so I personally would be curious to see how you respond to an episode now that you've watched the entire series.
0: We're going to do a sequel podcast called Rewatching the Rewatch. <laughs>
1: We listen to our old podcast and then we react to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. We might have made that joke before. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, We have had a few questions about whether or not we'll be tackling the Guardian Code. I have watched the entire first season of it. Ben actually surprised me and has watched one episode of the first season where we get to see Bob and Dot and Enzo again. And I think the majority of what we'll tackle is going to be right here. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah so I I did I kind of peeked at that episode where they kind of reprise it just because like I just finished the cliffhanger and I was like well let's see if they address it at all and no they don't and uh I was not a fan of the character designs and like even though they got the original actors back it did kind of seem like especially Bob was like phoning in his lines
1: yeah the whole series to me just felt like they were doing a different series that they were calling reboot Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really necessarily feel strongly about it one way or the other. It feels to me like a kid's show for kids that a kid would probably like. (laughs)
0: Right. And that's what I'm talking about. And I still stand by what I said in the beginning of the show. Like the guardian code wasn't made for older fans of the series.
1: It feels weird to me though that they decided to use the reboot label, but I also get why they did from a business perspective. Because from a business perspective, if you want to keep that ownership, you have to keep like re up. That's why Sony makes like five Spider Man movies, mm-hmm. so they can keep ownership of Spider Man. Right. <laughs> because if they don't make the movies, they don't get Spider Man anymore. So that's you know you get five different Spider Men. That was it. That was us covering the Guardian Code. We both didn't think it was great and we both really don't care that it wasn't great. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's talk series end review for me and you. What what do you think about all this, like looking back?
1: It's been a lot of fun to rewatch the series. There's a lot of it that I didn't remember and a lot of it that I remember differently. And it was just, you know, it was really nice to be able to sit down and watch it from end to end. And normally I do that in a binging period. So I probably could have knocked this all out in a weekend. Uh, (laughs) But Instead, I did it over the course of a year, which uh, is weird for me, because I'm definitely more of a consume fast and finish fast kind of person because, you know, God forbid you give me a good book, I will just, you know, stay up till midnight reading it until i'm done so it's interesting to do it over the course of a year it was interesting to watch it with someone and to have that kind of discussion one of the things that i love doing is talking about the things that i watch and read and consume so i made you do that i made you sit with me every week after i watched an episode and talk about our thoughts about it so that was really cool um and having other people also jump into the conversation was also very fun and it was a good series. It's a fun series to watch, and it's fun to like think about a lot of the things that they put in there that they didn't necessarily get time to explore, but made for a richer world. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. But uh, Ben, as a first-time watcher, you've now watched the whole thing. What is your experience with it?
0: I mean, it's been wild. You know, the it's like it's crazy to think like a year ago when we started this that like I would have come around so fully on it. Like I was resistant, you know. <laughs> I remember. I was full on laughing at this dopey show in the beginning, you know, <laughs> like. But I really came around to appreciate it, you know. Like, I mean, not that I don't still find things to laugh at about it, but like, I do see all the clever writing and the humor and the drama, you know. Like, it really did come into its own. Became a a very well made show that I genuinely enjoyed, and I have you to thank for that. Aw. <laughs> thank you for introducing me to this show and making me watch it.
1: <laughs> I knew I'd win you over. <laughs> Yeah, it was super fun. This was a really fun experiment. Do you have a Frostiest episode?
0: You know, I was going to ask you if you had like a Frostiest of all Frosty moments.
1: Yeah, Frostiest of all Frostiest moments, Frostiest episode, however you want to do it.
0: Yeah, and, and if it's not just the last five minutes of season three, then I don't know why you're wrong. but <laughs> 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 Because that, that musical finale still, I think, is like the top Frostiest moment.
1: <laughs> there was probably a decade in between my watches of this show. Like, the last time I watched the show was probably a decade ago. But despite that, I have gone on YouTube multiple times to rewatch just that musical number and still remembered the words (laughs) years later. (laughs) Like, it just sticks in your head. And granted, they were using Gilbert and Sullivan, so that helps. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, if we're going for moments, that's probably my frostiest moment. It was chef's kiss.
0: I mean, if I have to pick a favorite episode, I'm just going to do it to get your goat, but I'm going to say Enzo the Smart.
1: God damn it, Ben. (laughs) As soon as you said get your goat, I knew what it was going to be. If I was going to go episode, uh, I'd have to say probably like Firewall, maybe? One of the first four episodes in season three. Mm. That was probably the most surprising thing about the rewatch is I really expected the end of season three to be where I was enjoying it the most. Right. And really I found the first arc of season three to be my favorite of all of season three.
0: It's funny, I was really surprised at how much like the Damon Rising arc was superb to me. Like I think I think it even surpassed season three in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Damon Rising they did a really good job with. And I had remembered feeling disappointed in it, and maybe I still am just a little bit, but only because I wished it was a full season arc. I I just wanted more of it.
0: And it might just be a little sullied because of its juxtaposition with My Two Bobs.
1: Yes, and that's probably part of it too because they they came out one after the other so we were watching the whole thing and we're like, this is the end. This is how they're wrapping this up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So like, the only reason Daemon Rising doesn't win for me is probably because I wanted it to be a full thing. I wanted more of it, Mm -hmm. which isn't a bad thing at all.
0: (laughs) No, yeah. Leave them wanting more. Yeah. That's what they did.
1: (laughs) I have one question. Sure, yeah. When we first watched the first episode Mouse, and I was very excited, and Uh you just said she was annoying. (laughs) What are your thoughts on that now? Have that have you changed your mind? (laughs)
0: um i mean i haven't gone back and rewatched that episode but yeah no i mean i think i even told gavin that i'd come around on mouse like earlier like basically every character that i found annoying at first i've come around on and genuinely enjoy like they've at various points come into their own you know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) but i think i don't know if it was more that i was resistant to whatever new character or just that they were genuinely annoying in the beginning or what but what's uh what's it called familiarity breeds contempt. That's not right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The opposite.
0: (laughs) But like, yeah, the more time I spent with each of them, the more they grew on me. So, you know. We're good. I'm cool with Mouse now. We're good.
1: That's good. you called Mouse. That's good. Because <laughs> she was about to hack your computer and destroy it. But now she's backed off.
0: I just want to uh, thank everybody. I want to thank Gavin and Zeke for agreeing to chat with us about the show. I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters for donating money to us, you know, over the past several months.
1: Seriously, guys. Like, we were blown away. One, the people listened. Two, the people that made the show listened and then wanted to talk to us about it. Three, that people were willing to support us because they enjoyed it so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks to all of our listeners for downloading our show every week, listening to us go off on our little goofs, you know? like this, It really took off in a way that I wasn't anticipating, you know?
1: And also, everyone putting up with Ben, because I know that those first few episodes, those rough guys. What do you mean? <laughs> Look, whenever someone makes fun of the show you like... <laughs> We won them over. It's okay, guys. We got him. It was
0: always done with love, you know? Like, I never actively hated the show or disliked it, you know? No,
1: I know. I'm just poking fun at you.
0: And I'm just, I'm super glad that we, like, aren't getting flack from, like, thousands of people. We've got, like, this, you know, little, small, dedicated fan base that likes us. It's been a surprisingly pleasant experience. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, like, everyone that we've interacted with has been wonderful. So that's been really nice. Sometimes you you put stuff out on the internet, you don't know what's going to happen because the internet is a horrible place full of horrible people. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) so it's nice when the nice people that are on it come and talk to you Yeah, and uh, I do want to say one thing to the future people because this is a podcast that you could at any time pick up it's not something that's like topical no So if you didn't get to participate or hang out with us or talk while we were coming up with it, uh, thank you anyways for listening and for maybe telling people about it. Um, And feel free to reach out to us and talk to us about the episodes post-mortem because we'll still be around. We're not dead. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. Or if you do a rewatch or re-listen, let us know. We'd totally be cool with uh, hearing your thoughts and your opinions.
0: Absolutely. I think it's time to make this voyage unprofitable so uh, with that before we go is there anything that you want to recommend for the last time for our listeners
1: I'm gonna do a quick self-plug uh, <laughs> it's not out yet but I will have a Kickstarter out in um, like March I think okay uh, for dates volume three Ooh. Uh, it'll be run by margins publishing I will probably be talking about it on my Twitter and Facebook a lot so you can look for it there or you can follow uh margins publishing on twitter and they will be f- talking about it there uh, they're also on tumblr for some reason you're on tumblr um which no one is anymore <laughs> but uh <laughs> so dates is a comic anthology of uh queer historical fiction my first published comic was in dates two uh so now i will be my first written comic the first one i've written uh will be in dates three. Oh, nice and i'm very excited about it and the art between Volume two and volume three has gotten so much better. <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. Uh, so uh, feel free to check out the Kickstarter when it comes out in a couple months. Awesome. What about you, Ben? Do you have a one last recommendation?
0: I don't know. Have I recommended bowling yet? I know I did pinball and like <laughs> hiking, but uh, go bowling, everybody. But no, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a real recommendation because like I haven't finished it yet. But I started the novel of Bird Box by Josh Malerman. Uh If you don't know what Bird Box is, it was recently turned into a Netflix movie, and
1: it's a meme, right? Isn't it just a meme?
0: It's it's all memes, yeah, <laughs> all the way down. But no, basically, yeah, like there's some um, some kind of creatures that are out in the world that cause people, upon seeing them, to want to commit suicide. So basically all the survivors of earth are walking around wearing blindfolds trying not to see the danger and you know the netflix movie was intriguing enough that i wanted to check out the book and it's a really quick read and i'm enjoying it so far i'm only about a quarter of the way in and it's uh, different enough from the movie that like it's a slightly different story so you're not just reading the same thing you saw but uh, yeah so I'll, I'll go with that bird box
1: all right nice also coming up uh we do have at least one more episode probably just the one, uh, (laughs) which we'll be talking to Gavin again, talking about season three and season four. So if you're a patron, you'll get that first and then it will be out for the public, um, sometime after that.
0: And, uh, with that, I think that will do it for us. You know, as always, you can find us online at incoming game pod and incoming game cast and the other ones. i'm still at dudworks d-u-d-w-o-r-k-s
1: and i'm at Stravino lady that's s-t-i-r-v-i-n-o lady
0: our intro this week was submitted by patreon backer rob horrocks thank you rob our the music is spasmodica polka by kevin mcleod and jessica i just want to say thank you once again for doing this podcast with me and introducing me to this show
1: and i want to thank you for watching a silly show with me and sticking with me for a whole year to do this podcast
0: yeah, there's been some there's been some really good moments, you know. <laughs> there has been.
1: I'm gonna cry, a little, a little tear. Aww. Thank you all. We love you.
0: Until we talk to you guys again, stay frosty. Stay frosty. Game over. User wins.